So we've come to that part of the program where we have a look at a few words from the Bible. And this week we're looking at the book of Jude and it's Jude chapter one, verses 17 to 23. And it goes like this. But dear friends, remember that the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you in the last days, there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. So some interesting words there. Jamie, what are your thoughts? The renowned author and philosopher and creator of the fictional character, Father Brown, G.K. Chesterton, once said, The Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. The heading in my Bible that summarises the verses this morning is the call to persevere. The book of Jude is all about the warning of false teachers and to encourage the Christian followers to stand firm in the truth. It appears the church was becoming divided by teachers who weren't following the spirit of God, but instead were following their instincts or feelings. When my kids were younger and had to be prescribed antibiotics, it filled me with dread. They hated the taste of the strange syringe liquid. To make it more palatable, I would add it to honey, orange or apple juice, and my kids would watch and say, less of the medicine, more of the sugar. It would get to the stage where Rachel would want the dose so watered down, it would have more impact on her teeth than on her illness. And we can fall into this trap today, watering down the gospel or even ignoring challenging elements and focus on what we feel is right rather than what the Bible says is right. My natural instinct is to reach for a donut than an apple, which isn't suitable for my diet. My natural instinct is to do what's best for me or what feels good to me at this moment. Are we acting in the minute or in the spirit? Is it what we want right now, rather than considering what's right, now I've prayfully considered and meditated on his word? Jude recognises sometimes it's easier to give up or take the easier route than persevere. At the 2011 Kilda Marathon, Rob Sloan claimed third place after completing the 26.2 mile course in an impressive time of 2 hours and 51. But suspicions were raised by fellow runners bemused they had not seen him pass them during the race. After initially denying any wrongdoing, he admitted to hopping on to a bus at the 20 mile mark because he felt tired. Many people I know who have turned from the faith have cited the hypocrisy of Christians they know. They stand up and say things in church, but underneath they're a fraud. The experience people can have of Christians or even the church is why I believe the verses do outline the need to be merciful to doubters. And I'm not pointing fingers, as I'm sure I'm not always the poster boy for Christianity. Far from it. Then there's the second type of person who can be snatched from the fire. This reminds me of that horrible practice at school where someone would pretend to push or shove you to particular peril and then at the last second pull you back with the phrase, tell your mother I saved your life. 
To me, this is more distressing. False teachers, fool followers to follow a theology or belief that is not of God, providing false teaching leading to death, not life. Sometimes it's not until your faith is tested that you realize its authenticity. In 2008, a driver from New Zealand was killed in a head-on crash when his fake seatbelt used to fool police failed. Ivan Sedjigin refused to wear a seatbelt while driving and during the previous five years had been fined 32 times for not wearing one. And I think this is a challenge to Christians today, calling out false teaching and taking the consequences of their actions seriously. But again, we're challenged to be merciful with caution, despite their intentional behaviour, as God has shown us mercy. So how do we protect ourselves? What does it mean by keeping yourself in God's love? I see the answer to this in Hebrews 4. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. I see the answer to this in Hebrews 4. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. By allowing him to live in us, by building up our faith through his word and praying through his Holy Spirit, we strive to become more Christ-like. It's the opposite of our instincts and putting ourselves first. It's not taking a crutch, it's picking up the cross. Matthew 16, 24. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So my prayer to you today, keep yourself in God's love, remembering his mercy and gift of eternal life, a message that is still available to those that have been pushed away or led astray. Continue to persevere in those times when others whose intentions are not from God look to deride or divide his church. At the time of writing this letter to the church, Jews is addressing a significant problem within the church. Guess what? That problem still exists today. Jew wrote to address those who proclaimed to believers who were leading others astray. The book of Jude is short. It contains a very important message that is still relevant to the church today. Words have power. They can build up, but equally they can hurt, tear down, and ultimately harden some hearts. Recently, I noticed that social media posting where scriptures were being used to peddle a particular point of view what is wrong with that, you may say? Here is the problem. Sometimes the scriptures have been taken out of context or scriptures being used to support a particular point of view that's against biblical teaching of Jesus. The saddest part, in my opinion, was the fact that non-believers were seeing these posts and often commenting about how these actions align with Christianity. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23, Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does what's the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons that perform and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil dears. Wow, this is a huge warning from Jesus passage we're looking at today actually builds on this warning from Jesus. In his letter, Jude helpfully provides guidance on what we need to do to avoid this situation. We need to build our faith. How do we do this? By reading and studying your Bible. Not just reading and being reliant on your understanding, but reading and studying the Bible. 
There are so many very good commentaries on the Bibles, and these are now readily accessible on the internet. Sermon from preachers such as Charles Spurgeon's, I admit it can be wordy, but it's very good teaching, are also available on the internet. Or why not start a study group with others? Not just those who have similar points of view, but those who are willing to help you study God's word. Remember, iron sharpens iron. When studying the Bible, if a scripture interpretation is not backed up by another part of the Bible, the chances are that interpretation is incorrect. The Bible is the absolute word of God. It's very helpful not to try to take the Bible to fit your point of view. The American pastor, Andy Stanley, when referring to politics, asked this question. I'm going to substitute the word politics of you, but this is his point. Are you willing to evaluate your views through the filter of your faith rather than create a version of your faith that supports your views? Now that's a challenge. Are you willing to accept it? We also need to pray. We also need to pray. Praying the Holy Spirit. This does not mean just speaking in tongues. This means praying in accordance with the will of God. How you may act. If you're reading and immersing yourself in God's word, I find praying the Holy Spirit comes easier. Waiting on God. Being still. Before your action of speaking, ask yourself, Lord, what is your will? Keep yourself in God's love. How? By keeping his command. You've heard me say it many times, but I love this verse. A new command I gave you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Following this command will help us to remain in God's love. Verse 23 looks at our reaction to people who are being led astray and who are leading others astray. I actually like the illustration of snatching someone from the fire. The image is of an immediate and painful danger. For those who are being led astray, there's a danger and we need to be quick to save them from the fire. A few months ago, we looked at Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 to 18. And the lessons of our management with love is also applicable to those who are leading others astray. We need to be wise to the doctrine as contrary to spirit. We need to know our scriptures ourselves. Most importantly, we need to remain in constant communication with God. When I pray, I'm not talking to myself or doing all the talking, but I'm waiting on God. I'm listening to what he has to say. When you communicate with someone, you get to know them better. If you're not communicating with God, I want to encourage you to spend some time with him. It's the most important conversation that is needed in your life.